1: It is Monday, March 14th, and you are listening to another edition of the West of the Rest podcast here on the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast feed. My name is Blair Angulo, joined by my co-host, National Recruiting Editor at 24-7 Sports, Mr. Brandon Huffman, who, by the way, Mr. Brandon, are you, by any chance, $8 million richer?
0: I am not $8 million richer. I'm richer in knowledge, but I am not... Eight million billion, Richard, nor has anybody asked me to be a part of any kind of cohort or council or get this beautiful face, this image, this likeness, this name to make brand. There
1: is, <laughs> Yeah, we need to figure out if there's a collective out there that we can pitch this podcast to and maybe get a sponsorship or, or so. Uh, obviously, we're referring to the news that dropped by The Athletic over the weekend that a certain five-star recruit um, had already essentially signed a name, image, and likeness deal, uh, which would pay him a- around 400000 to start things off. And then once he signs with this school, that r- still remains a mystery, but I think we're all connecting the dots here, um, then he would be, be receiving monthly payments uh, upon signing with said school. And there's been a lot of speculation and you know, we're not here to kind of throw darts at a board, but this, you know, this, this has become, you know, in, in a way, a, a very interesting saga. And there are dominoes, I think, that are falling left and right. And maybe we'll touch on that here in, in a little bit. But this kind of begs the, the question, how crazy is recruiting about to get?
0: I mean, I'm going to get some Rocky Top. I mean, Rocky Road ice cream right now, Blair, as I answer this question. (laughs) Um, I I think it's... uh, I think it's going to get crazier and crazier because now we're seeing numbers that are crazy. I don't... I mean, (laughs) it's one of those situations where if you can get that bread, get that bread. The numbers for... Not it, I'm, I'm going to go NFL here for a second. You know, you remember 10 years ago, 11 years ago, when the NFL owners finally said, listen, we have got to put an end to the rookie pay scale that, or, or make a rookie pay scale and put an end to these outlandish signing bonuses and contracts that are leading so many number one and number two overall picks to hold out camp. If there's a sliding scale based on where you get picked, it kind of brought everything back to a norm. And the amount of money getting thrown out for guys that haven't taken a snap on college football, allegedly, is it, it's quite something. I'm all about those players getting their bread. I'm all about those players using their name image and likeness to get paid. But are we sure the return of the investment is going to be there for the dollar amount that is being thrown out? And you would have thought last year with Ohio State and the reported $1 million in the truck for Quinn Ewers to, to get to Ohio State and whatever Spencer Rattler was getting. And you would have thought that. Even DJ William going to Clemson, uh, or going to Dr. Pepper to be their first kind of advertised football player on a commercial. You would have thought maybe we would see kind of a pulling back of the reins a little bit and just slowing it down. It seems to be to the complete opposite. So I think this is just opening up the floodgates of further kind of situations like this. Am I opposed to it? No. Um, do I think it's ridiculous? No. If you got some rich oil booster who wants to throw that kind of cheddar at you to go play, dude, go eat the cheese. But
1: I like, I like it. Yeah. uh, At the same time,
0: you know, is this the tip of the iceberg? Probably.
1: Yeah. What I'm really interested to see is let's say said recruit goes in, doesn't win a job year one, right. And is riding the bench uh what happens right like do the payments stop uh does said recruit then have to move and head over to the transfer portal and try to find a different deal like uh with mr Pib, right like uh-huh. um the, the that's kind of my biggest thing is i understand that the recruits have to secure it up front but what happens if that never materializes and and you don't turn into what you could have turned into or, you know, wh- it, whether a deal, uh, you know, maybe turns sour in a way, um, how quickly the, the tide could shift there. I'm I'm really curious to see what this leads to. Right. We've already seen the numbers. We've seen the breakdown. I I am very, very interested to see what happens with even players that are already in college. Right. Like they're seeing what some of these recruits are getting oh, well, what's what's to say I can't go into the transfer portal now and try to get $10 million, Well, right? Like,
0: <laughs> and honestly, that's going to be the big thing. It's like when you had the NFL rookie contracts getting out of hand and these number one draft picks who had never taken a snap in the NFL were getting paid two to three times what these seven to ten-year veterans are getting paid, and it created a chasm in the locker room. It created an animosity there. So now you're act, asking these incoming freshmen that are getting paid these deals to go into the same locker room with some guys that have actually put the blood, sweat and tears into that program and aren't seeing a sense, you know, is this going to cause problems? Is this where the portal becomes a escape clause where, Hey man, there's, there's tension in this locker room, even though I was a high profile recruit, there's tension, there's animosity towards me. This is the, the part that I don't think the NCAA really thought through. And then you you know you take it a step further and with the NCAA and the Alston case in the, the Supreme Court last summer, it's almost like, okay, NCAA, you said this, you didn't want to do this, you didn't want to do that. Now you have to do all these things, and it's your responsibility to get it square. And the NCAA was completely caught off, just caught off guard, and with no preparation. And now you're gonna be in a position where the toothpaste is so far out of the tube, the genie is so far out of the bottle that the ineptitude of the NCA is going to be on display for the rest of the country to see if they don't figure this thing out quickly.
1: Yeah. I feel like the NCA has been giving an inch and everyone's been taking a yard. Right. And they're, you know, trying to take it that, that next step. And, and obviously uh, we're all for it. We've talked about this at length. Uh, you know, players need to be getting the money when they can get the money. Um, but it is becoming one of those things where I'm, I'm interested to see how big the snowball turns and, and, and how, how, you know, kind of monstrous this becomes, because this could turn into a real, real, real nice avalanche, but let, let's get going with the next topic. Uh, one of the bigger visits of the weekend happened to be out West from a player out West who is still unsigned. He is the guy we, we like to call the, the, the national nightmare. Uh, Joshua Connerly, the number one rated offensive lineman in the country in the 2022 class out of the state of Washington, a five-star prospect, took an official visit to Oregon, which is going to be a very uh, a bit, very busy month of March for him as he closes in on a college decision. What can you tell us, Huff, that maybe isn't behind the VIP paywall?
0: Well, I think with Josh Connolly, this is a great opportunity for Oregon to make their pitch. And I don't know that this is as known as people think, but when Josh Connerly named his top six on January 3rd on check-in day at the All-American Bowl, Two days before that, he and I talked, and he had named a top five. And that top five was Michigan, Oklahoma, Miami, USC, and Washington. Oregon wasn't even in the top five. They were going to be out of the mix entirely. Two days later, he decides to name a top six and includes Oregon in it. So Oregon went from being sixth to into the top five and made it a top six to being out. So at that time, he hadn't had an in-person meeting with Dan Lanning. Remember, Dan Lanning, that last week of the of, uh, leading up to the early signing period in December, he was preparing Georgia for a national championship. He hadn't named an offensive line coach. He hired Adrian Clem. So in January, those two coaches went up to Seattle, had their in-home visit with Connerly. But Connerly hasn't been to Eugene since that new staff was made. So Oregon had their chance to put their best foot forward. They had a month. He was one of two official visitors this weekend to Oregon. Along with LT Overton, who reclassified and also has made a decision. But Connerly got to have a lot of one on one action with Adrian Klem, the offensive line coach, with Dan Lanning. So now the Ducks are making this interesting. He still has one more visit. That'll be in two weeks to USC. Uh, But Oregon got their shot this week. But the other throw, the other factor into there is that he took an unofficial visit to Washington earlier in the week. And there's a good chance he goes back there either next, next week or the week after in the lead-up to you as USC visit, So there's starting to be a lot more Pac-12 involvement in this recruitment for one that four months ago you might have said, this is Michigan's to lose. Now all of a sudden the Pac-12 schools are making it interesting. They're sticking around this much longer in this race. And I think, you know, Oregon put their best foot forward today. He liked the visit. He liked the opportunity with the coaches. But is Washington becoming a factor? And is USC getting the last visit put the Trojans in the pole position?
1: Yeah, big weekend for Oregon this past weekend. Not only Connerly and Overton, two five-stars in the 22 class, but also had grad transfer uh, Mitchell Agude, who's moving uh, on from UCLA on, on campus. Jaden Wayne, a five-star defensive end. Uh, five-star defensive end, Mateo Uyangalele was was expected to be in Eugene. A number of other four-star prospects across the next two classes, including Riley Williams, a four-star tight end. They had uh, Jaden Osbury, a four-star linebacker, Dalen Austin, a four-star corner, uh, Mikhail Gardner and Amari Washington out of the state of Arizona, as well as Kyler Casper, four-star wide receiver and a Amer- Amer- all American bowl uh, commit already uh, also on campus, uh, an Iowa legacy. Th- this was, I think the first chance for Dan Lanning and that mega recruiting staff to, try to put everything together on a weekend. They've had other weekends where they've had recruits in, but this seemed like a very calculated weekend for them to try to get some momentum going heading into the the spring.
0: Yeah. And I think that that's the time to do it. You know, in January, they kind of did a mini junior day that last weekend before the early signing. I'm sorry, before the traditional national signing day, but they also had a number of 22 official visitors in that weekend. So they balanced it with trying to keep those 22 guys lock them up, but then also make that impression with 23. This weekend, it kind of flipped. It was only two 22s that were taking the official visit and you could spend that time giving those guys the attention, but then also do it at the with the opportunity to impress the 23s and some 24s. And it sounds like they did that. I know Steve Willfo, the director of recruiting for 24 seven sports had a reaction piece and a lot of players spoke highly of the visit to oregon they liked the new staff so there's a lot and you know blair you and i talked about this when we had the original west of the rest podcast when the pandemic hit there were a number of schools in the west that had coaching changes and those coaches never had an opportunity to get guys on campus with the following class because they were hired either too late in the year where they were trying to sew up the 2020 class and never really got to flip their attention to the underclassmen. So Oregon was in a similar boat without the pandemic, where they had to sew up the 2022 class in January. Now they could turn their attention primarily to 23s, but then still make those final impressions on those 2022s. But this is, I think, what Dan Lanning and his staff are built for. This is what he built with his recruiting-heavy staff to say, hey, we want more weekends like this. We want big weekends, and it's only going to get bigger. I mean, how many times have we heard the Oregon Spring Game ends up being one of the biggest biggest visit weekends in the country? They're almost doing a dry run, if you will, for this weekend to prepare themselves for even bigger official visit weekends come April and May.
1: Yeah, Oregon, big weekend. We're going to get into other big topics from over the weekend. You're listening to the West of the Rest podcast. We're taking a short break.
0: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: Welcome back, West of the Rest podcast. My name is Blair Angulo, joined by the national recruiting editor for Twenty Four Seven Sports, Brandon Huffman, who unfortunately is not a million dollars richer. Um, but you you did get a little, a little rocky road, a little rocky road ice cream. Yeah, I, uh, I miss
0: I misspoke. You know what kind of was rocky road with toppings on that said rocky
1: that i mean let, let's get into it let's but speculate I a little bit
0: to go get the ice cream for myself
1: <laughs> you did um let's let's speculate a little bit here and and look at the potential ramifications in, in recruiting specifically we saw an offer go out to a quarterback out west um who actually had a really really impressive showing recently that would be Luke Duncan who out in Thousand Oaks, California a couple of weekends ago, um, was very, very impressive. Um, out of Miramonte High School in Orinda, California, uh, was playing for KT Prep, uh, elite, and, and looked really elite um, in terms of his upside, his, his physical tools, uh, his ability to hit receivers downfield. I, I thought he was very, very impressive, but just picked up an offer from Cal. And when you start, you know, kind of connecting the dots in a way, Uh, Cal's number one target had just been on campus recently. That would be Jaden Rashada, who also happens to to play for KT prep. Um, but also happens to be a target of, of Oregon, which we just talked about, but I think it's been known for a while that Oregon's number one target is one Nico Iamaleava, um, you know, who just so happens to be a five-star recruit who just so happened to took a big unofficial visit to an SEC program, uh i don't know huff i mean we're doing a little detective work here and we might be giving away the answers to the test but i don't know d- d- does does any of this add up i mean
0: are we doing detective work or are we doing the lord's work here Blair, with basically hitting at names that could potentially be it um that said i think yes we the detective work may check out and as a result it's the domino effect up We see quarterback dominoes all the time. We see quarterback dominoes greatly affect quarterback recruiting. I mean, how many times have you seen a school? How many times have you shared the story too? And you you know, you had Mike Wilson, Zach Wilson's father on the podcast, the the national recruiting podcast last year right before the draft and how Zach's recruitment at Cal was affected by another recruit Cal took. We see the quarterback dominoes, really affect guys' future and then how it ends up paying off handsomely for other schools. But the problem is when other schools aren't prepared to have a backup plan when things may be trip trending upwards with the target they thought they had a better chance at, and then that school is caught with their pants and they don't have a quarterback in play. And I think a school like Cal, thinking they're doing well with Jaden Rashada, well, now he's been linked to Oregon as well, uh, along with other quarterbacks, well, now – it's no guarantee Jaden Roshada is a realistic shot for Castle. So what do they do? They don't pivot to Texas. They don't pivot nationally. They pivot to their own backyard, the Miramani High School in Orinda, to get a big six-foot-four, strong-arm quarterback who can absolutely spin it, who's been probably the most impressive off-the-grid quarterback this offseason. I would say that. Of the established guys, the Malachi Nelsons, the Nikola Yamiliavas, the Jaden Rashadas, the Jabari Johnsons that were all heavily recruited, they were getting the attention. Brandon Dorman as well. Those guys were all getting attention they have done their team. But Luke Duncan has been off the grid, and now he starts with a Pac-12 offer from Cal and has a good chance of getting him. Now, they're still going to probably look and see what Jaden Rashada does before they were to take a commitment. But it shows that Cal's being proactive on the front end to make sure that they're covered on the back end. And you could do a lot worse than Lou Duncan, who I think, you know, is a guy that's going to see his recruitment explode this spring as schools get a chance to get on the road for the first time since 2019. And I think it's smart. That's the kind of offer you make now to make sure you have a puncher's chance if your main targets start going elsewhere. And I think it's a great offer for Cal. I think it's a great opportunity for Luke Duncan, who said he grew up going to Cal games, being in the East Bay. And I think it's a sign that, again, Justin Wilcox has done a great job at Cal. He's done a great job recruiting. Marshall Charrington, bringing him back from USC, uh, back to Cal, was huge for Cal. And I think you're seeing that foresight playing off in an offer like this one to Luke Duncan.
1: Yeah, and let's not forget, Jane Rashada also very high on Oklahoma for quite some time, and you can never blame a quarterback, not only uh, one from the West Coast, but an elite quarterback to look at that, especially with with Coach Levy there coming over from Ole Miss and what he was able to do at UCF prior to that. Um, I think it all is a very good indication that Rashada is very high on the Sooners as well. So I, I like that Cal is being proactive instead of reactive. Um, and that's how you stay out in front of things, especially at quarterback, which is so important, so crucial. Um, and, and, you know, obviously, Justin Wilcox going in there to, uh, you know, what is it his fourth year, fifth year already? So it's one of those things where I, I think he's starting to figure out what he needs to do to right the ship uh, up there in, in Berkeley. Um, so I, I like the offer. Um, it's going to be, fin- you know, fascinating, I think, to continue to see how some of these dominoes fall. Um, especially at quarterback out West. Speaking of quarterbacks out West, Pierce Clarkson has a buddy going with him to Louisville. He's committed already a composite four-star prospect from St. John Bosco. And this past weekend, the Cardinals added another prospect from St. John Bosco in wide receiver, Jaleel McClain that gives them two players from the state of California that are headed out there to play in the ACC. And, you know, don't look now, but Louisville already has more commitments in the state of California then half the Pac-12 has total commitments in the 2023 class. Hey, like
0: Blair and Brandon, even Scott Satterfield knows that to find the talent, you have to go west of the rest.
1: You have to. You have to. It's 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 a smart, it's a smart play. Um, I do like though that Louisville identified Pierce Clarkson as quickly as they did in terms of knowing who could be a prospect that they could build around um it's very it's a concerted effort i think on their part to expand their reach nationally and we were able to see how pierce clarkson was able to commit right with the billboards across the city of louisville um i think everyone woke up to them um scattered across town uh more than a dozen billboards and he was announcing his commitment um you know i think the commitment has always spoken uh, name image and likeness in, in a way right like i think they're blasting that there's the connection with adidas there's a lot of things working there for louisville's favor and why not continue to build with some prospects that 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 are you know that he's popular with um continue to build uh you know a pipeline of sorts out west and and get some prospects that you know maybe aren't getting the pac12 interests or or not having some of that national attention uh, but lock them up before maybe their stock blows up And I I thought it was uh, an interesting get, but a a good one for Louisville. I saw Gerald McLean a couple of times last season and, you know, he's a, he's a pretty good receiver, uh, reliable hands. I think he was the guy that they were going to on, on some crucial downs with when uh, Mateo Uyangalele was, you know, trying to catch a breather. He was their tight end on, on the offensive side of the ball as well. So um, I like what Louisville was able to do there uh, to get a second prospect from St. John Bosco. Huff, before we close it out, um, anything else? I know you were out at National Preps, um, and, and I know that you know you obviously have a, a couple of a big events coming up as well.
0: Yeah, obviously National Preps last night was a great event. Uh, Jaden Lamar was the number one, well, the highest rated running back out west in the twenty twenty three class, kind of showing why. He had a four five three laser forty using the Zybek laser system. If you're not familiar with Zybek, it's what they use at the NFL Scouting Combine, and I think the only faster time that's ever been recorded at a national preps event so by Relique Brown, who we all know could fly. So Jaden Lamar kind of being in the alpha of all alphas yesterday or on Saturday uh, up in Washington. Great performances by Landon Hatchett. You know, you and I and other members of the, the 24-7 sports recruiting team uh, had a great conversation last week about the value of centers uh, with uh, Josh Bates's subsequent moving up to, I think, a four-star uh, and the All-American invite at the same in the same week uh, out of Colorado, headed to Oklahoma, Landon Hatchett, who I think is also in that conversation for maybe the top pure center, uh, at least on the true West Coast, maybe not the West region with, with base, but right there, he was the uh, offensive line MVP. So a good event, I'm actually looking forward to a weekend with no events my way next weekend but then we're back to another month or two on the grind before we hit back into the uh, spring evaluation period coming up here in just a couple weeks
1: yeah i mean what a great weekend to take off huff Uh, you get all the you get all the tournament games you get to work on your bracket that's fun and you know since we
0: are a cbs organization i figure i would just be you know it's not that i'm skipping work i'm just supporting the cbs family right
1: you're just a great company man right They did send us an awesome Final Four jacket, um, which, by the way, I might just send out to someone. Right. So do we still have the email? Do we still have our Twitter account? We have both. All right. So this is what I'm going to do. I have mine somewhere in a bag. Uh, You know, if we love your question or if you send us a comment either on our Twitter account or on our Gmail uh, what was the what was the Gmail hub? Do you remember? Was it West of the Rest FB at gmail.com? I believe
0: it was West of the rest FB at West of the Rest Podcast at Gmail.com. The Twitter is West of the Rest FB.
1: Yeah. So the Twitter account West of the Rest FB. Send us a comment or a question. Um, and you know, we'll we'll send out a jacket. It, it's a final four CBS jacket. Uh, and and we can send that off to one of our listeners who you know the very loyal fan base who has uh, stuck by us as we as we return to the airwaves um but yeah so it, it'll be fun i think to to watch all these games uh and then maybe you know we'll, we'll talk a little a little basketball uh next week on monday when we come back um but yeah for brandon huffman and our producer jordan mayton i am Blair Angulo. thank you so much for listening to the west of the rest podcast here on the 24 7 sports football recruiting podcast feed